This is the Real People, Real God podcast. From our studio in Martinsburg, West Virginia, we welcome you to join us on a journey of discovering God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Darla, and Pastor Tim discuss the believer's role in God's master plan. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Pastor Chris and Pastor Darla, and my name is Pastor Tim Howard, and we're here to... um, uh, to, to discuss the kingdom of God and this is part two of the kingdom podcast and um, so we would just wanted to kind of dive into it here with a question that many people have and I know I have um, uh, over time had this question and uh, so we're going to start with that is there a difference between the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven because um, the Bible and the Gospels talk about both uh, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven so are they two different things? Are they the same thing? Um, so what are they? So let's just start off with that question. Hmm. That's a really good question. I just was reading something here in Matthew 6 um, where the verse that everybody knows, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and he will, well, I'll read it. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's the New Living Translation version. But I was looking at a... Um, a, a note here and it says some manuscripts don't include of God just the kingdom just the kingdom yeah so that's kind of interesting um, well um, there's there's if you research this if you mm-hmm. google this which um, I, <laughs> I, I say do with great caution but right <laughs> but if you do um, you're gonna find a lot of different uh, explanations of this and and one of those explanation is that um, they are indeed both the same thing Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing we can be sure of is that Jesus is the ruler of both of them if they are two different things so I I think that's what really matters but um, but one of the one of the things you'll see too is um, in the Gospels when when they're talked about because the kingdom um, kingdom of heaven is talked about in Matthew 8 uh, kingdom of heaven in Matthew 19, um, Ma- Matthew 11, and so on. Um, and uh, uh, I think sometimes perhaps it had to do with who was being talked to. Because I think you have to understand too, here when we say kingdom um, in this day and age, you know, we have our ideas. But back then, they knew what a kingdom was. They were very familiar with kingdoms. They were fer- very familiar with kings and rulers and, and how the hierarchy worked and and all that kind of thing. So, you know, if you remember, um, Jesus always talked in ways that, that people could understand. And I think kingdom um, is a way that they could understand. It was a word, it was a concept that they knew. Uh, and so uh, it may have something to do with who was being spoken to. You know, were they uh, were they the Hebrew, the Jewish people, God's people? Were they not? Um, I mean, you know, we'd have to go down each individual scripture and pick that out but I think uh, I think the main thing to understand and to realize is kingdom of heaven and, and, and kingdom of God um, I think they're more essentially the same thing um, I've heard it said that they're different things one is the more earthly version and one is the spiritual but that can't that doesn't work either so I think really the main thing here is is that it is a rule of God Jesus is king over both and uh, you know whatever it is it, it's the presence of God it's the it's the reign it's the rule of God whether it is on earth whether it's in heaven whatever it is um, in Matthew 8 11 it says I tell you many 
will come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, um, you know, we're, we're seeing the kingdom of heaven. Is this, is this more of the after our physical death part of the kingdom? Mm. Um, is, that's what, is that what's being referred to there? Um, also in Matthew 19, I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, there again, that's, that's entering uh, perhaps after this, this life. You know, um, and uh, Matthew eleven eleven. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than, uh, is greater than he. So, uh, there again, is that is that the eternal kingdom? You know, so there can be some different thought in this. But I think the main thing to remember is it's God's rule. Jesus is king. Whether it's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven whether it's eternal or whether it's something we experience now, it's still him nonetheless. So uh, I think it's one of those things where um, where we sh- probably shouldn't take the time necessarily unless God leads us to, to really try to dissect something like this. And I think it might take us on more rabbit trails than necessary. But um, Mark 1, 15 says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And believe in the gospel. John the Baptist and Jesus both, when they preached the words that they first preached, uh, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, God's rule. So whether it's now, whether it's eternal, it's God's rule. So any other thoughts? Just an interesting um, trivia, not trivia, but you know what I mean. It's Matthew is primarily the one that uses this phrase. Um, there's verse after verse, and it's all in Matthew. He's the one using the the kingdom of heaven phrase um when the other gospels they're they're the ones who use kingdom of god and i'm wondering i have to wonder if it's just the way that matthew saw it you know more of a the millennial kingdom that's coming and the other disciples talking more about like a i don't know universal Mm -hmm. so it may just be just the way that he's seeing things they're, I think they're the same thing. I mean, because you see in Matthew, he talks about the different parables that the other disciples are also talking about, and he mm. one's using kingdom of God and one's using kingdom. It seems like yeah. they're interchangeable. interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think for all intents and purposes, it really is. Um, even if there is a, if there would happen to be a little difference between them, I still think ultimately yeah. it's the same. It's God's rule. So It's um, definitely a question people have. Like, what yes. is, is there two different yeah. kingdoms? Or is there... Well, I wonder if it may have something to do with, like you said, the context of who he was talking to. Because um, if he was talking to um, Jewish people, I don't know, I haven't researched it out to see, but, you know, maybe talking about the kingdom of heaven, because that was something they're probably comfortable or familiar with. But if you're talking to Greek people, they have a whole Greek mythology, you know, yeah, all those gods. gods. <laughs> so this would be the kingdom of God with a capital G, you know, the mm-hmm. God of all gods. and. That may have something to do with it, just the context of... Yeah, it could very well. It's definitely one of those things you don't want to stumble over and, and get caught up on. Right. You know, there's a lot of little things like that that people can get stuck on and not move past. So uh, we talked uh, in the last episode in part one about um, about entering the kingdom and how we do that. And, and uh, I had another thought on that, too. Um, we talked about surrender. And, and, you know, one thing I've come to, to learn over the years... 
is that surrender um, is the key to everything in our relationship with God on our part. Um, surrender, uh, you know, obviously is necessary, and and surrender is not something that I think everybody has um, has completely maybe figured out in all areas of their lives. But thank God the Holy Spirit helps us to do that if we have a heart to do that. Um, but uh, surrendering um, to the reign and to the rule of God, uh, it really means surrendering our will, exchanging it for His perfect will uh, in our lives. So it's it's kind of like um, giving up our own. And, and, and taking on His. And uh, the only way we're going to know His will is to have a relationship, to mm-hmm. read His Word, to pray, to really learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and the revelations that He gives us and understand what God's will is. And, uh, I mean, He's given us His Word so we would know that. And I think living in God's will um, means living in His kingdom, living under His reign and His rule. And in his kingdom, there's protection, there's provision, mm-hmm. there's freedom, you know, liberty. There's all these things that we have by living, uh, living in his kingdom and living in his will. And uh, I think a lot of people, when we talk about that, a lot of people uh, kind of uh, have a roadblock in thought. Well, how do I live according to his will? Um, and and that's done through just reading his word, getting to know him, know what he likes. Uh, what he doesn't like, um, what promises he's given us, and, and all sorts of things like that. And, and it's just being full of him and uh, allowing him um, to, to speak into our lives through his word. And uh, so that's how we exchange our will for his, you know, uh, instead of our will to do our own thing um, and always live by our own standards that we've acquired from wherever that we live according to his will and uh, and his standard and, and what he's given us. So uh, I think that's how we live under that umbrella of the kingdom of God. Sounds like we're supposed to study God. Yes, <laughs> we're supposed to study God. We're supposed to, yeah, um, just... It's a good description. Yeah, just, just, uh, just know him. I mean, you know, you think of relationships, human relationships, because that's the closest thing we have to understanding that. Um, and, you know... Remember when you're young and you had a boyfriend or girlfriend and, and you know, you were just kind of like oblivious to the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, I mean, when we were growing up, we didn't have cell phones, but, you know, um, spend all day in school with uh, with your, your, your girlfriend and you get home and you try to spend all, all evening on the phone and, <laughs> you know, and you couldn't get enough because you wanted to know more and more and more. And, and that's what it's like you know, in this relationship with God. And, and he's given us the, the capability to know more and more and more. You know, it never ends. Um, so uh, I think, you know, when we're willing to take him up on that offer to know him at that level, I think that's when we really start to understand his will, what he wants for mm-hmm. us, what he has for us. Um, and when we live that way, you know, we live in the kingdom. And it's not like an interrogation. <laughs> no. I think about people coming to church thinking, oh, I need to go to church because I need to learn about God. It's almost like an interrogation. Who is God? What's going on? And you know, kind of thing. But really, it's about the casual time you spend when you're hanging out with your friends. You learn about them. When you have conversations that are not planned, you learn about their heart and what they're really thinking. And and that's the way it is with God. You know, the more you hang out with Him, the more you just talk to Him about everyday things. The more you include Him in everything we do, and listen and read the Word and 
when you read it, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what he's talking about and how that applies to your life and what's going on. And suddenly there's this revelation and you're like, oh, that's what God's like. And so that way, whenever you get ready to encounter another situation, you're like, well, what would Jesus do? (laughs) What would God want me to do? Then you have a reference point because you've already spent some time with him learning his heart, learning his ideas, learning the ways that he does things. And um, it's it's subtle, but powerful. Yeah. And you can miss it. Yeah. Because it is subtle. You know, you, you think of the Old Testament. You know, we're talking a lot about the New Testament. And, you know, and I know we've moved, we're, we're in the New Testament. And that's what we're living in. But God made himself known. Mm-hmm. You know, all the different names of God, every time something would happen, right. they were just introduced to another part of his character. Right. You know, when Abraham and the, the ram was caught, you know, Jehovah Jireh mm-hmm. and, and all the different names. He wants to be known. He wants to make his kingdom known. And um, that was one of the things I think that all through the Old Testament right. that grieved him so much is because the people rejected him so often even though he poured it all out there and showed him over and over again about his character and who he was but he right. wants to be known he wants us to be part of his kingdom that's the whole point mm-hmm. of everything so uh, uh, we just want to take a minute and let, let uh, everyone know how they can contact us um, if you have any comments or thoughts or questions or topics that you would like us to cover um, you can uh, contact us by emailing us at uh, info at valleyviewchapel.net and um, we would be happy to respond to that and uh, maybe take on some of your topics and some of your questions that you might have and uh, uh, all for the sake of uh, knowing more about God and, and uh, living in this kingdom that he's given us to live in. So uh, another um, question is, well not question, another uh, point of discussion is, is, is Jesus... Um, understood exactly what it would be like for for us to live in this in this world and and try to live in his kingdom at the same time and and uh, so he gave us some examples he gave us uh, some parables and um, to to try to help us to understand what the kingdom would be like um, and uh, um, the best he could and uh, so we we have a few examples of of um, what the kingdom's like and uh, Jesus talked about the kingdom being like a seed he talked about the wheat and the tares the mustard seed the leaven the treasure the pearl the net and uh, and, and and more as well and so um, through these parables um, one one parable doesn't completely explain the kingdom <laughs> he, he's coming at different angles here trying to help us to understand what this kingdom is like um and along with the kingdom he talks a lot about faith and there's parables with with uh, dealing with faith because it is by faith that we believe it is by faith um that we live in this kingdom it's it's all by faith um because we can't see uh, god we can't necessarily see the kingdom at this point um, but we know by faith, faith in the Word of God, that it exists. So he takes us through these parables. So um, maybe we can take a second to at least look at a couple of these parables and, and uh, try to understand just a little bit more, at least maybe explain just a little bit more um, what, the, what the kingdom uh, may indeed look like. Uh, from different perspectives. But like I said, it's, it's important to note that we can't just take one of these parables and say, oh, that's all the kingdom is. 
because that's not that's not true either. Uh, so we have the um, the parable of uh, the seed, the sower, in uh, Matthew 13, and it says, "On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore." Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Uh, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. Yep. They did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and were up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell in good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixteen, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, uh, let, him, let him hear. Um, so there's one we're talking about, the seed. We're talking about a gain in root. Um, you know, that, that's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is a place to grow, a, pl a place to root, a place to solidify our, our, our place of belonging in the, in the family of God. Um, and... Um, so uh, we also have a couple others, a couple others to talk about. Uh, verses um, Matthew thirteen and uh, verse fourteen, I believe it is. It says, um, "Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will get be given." and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. You know, it's, and I think Chris, you said this, but, it, but it's real important um, to know that the kingdom, um, God wants everybody into the kingdom. Mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm. not a club for certain types of people or whatever. Um, and he's went to great measures to make that possible um, through salvation. I mean, just so many things he's given us uh, that all will come to, to that place in the kingdom. However, not all will. We know that. But he does want all to come. So this is not something that, it, it, that it's a secret handshake to get in. Um, it's about surrender and about trusting in him and his word, as we've said. Um, and so, you know, this is kind of why he talked in parables. He wanted to make sure everybody understood the best they could mm -hmm. what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, this is what he's talking about um, and uh, um, about being in, in the kingdom. One of my favorite scriptures is in Matthew chapter 5. It's the, the Sermon of the Mount. And I think this gives such a picture of what the difference is between the kingdom and the natural and God's kingdom and how he sees things and how things are in his kingdom. And I'm just going to read it. It starts in verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like he's opening up a window, pulling back the shades, and just letting us see the concepts 
and the way of thinking and he of his thinking is so contrary to natural thinking you know just the first verse blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven those who are mourned they will be comforted and he's he's giving like he's giving god's answer to all of man's ails um and it's just such an amazing peek into what the kingdom of heaven is like i mean he doesn't come out and say the kingdom of heaven is like but as he's preaching this as he's giving this sermon He's showing everyone that he's talking to what what it's all about in this one scripture. And uh, in in Matthew thirteen, I mean that's a good chapter for parables because Jesus is on a roll there with yeah, the parables. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in, in verse forty four says again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a hidden field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So we're talking about finding this treasure. You know, he's talking about joy. That's what the kingdom's like. And then he goes on, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all they had and bought it. Once again, the treasuring the kingdom of God. And, and he continues on in verse 47, and the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to the shore and they sat down and gathered the good into the vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So, you know, that's also part of the kingdom. Like I said, not one of these by itself describes the kingdom, but all of them mm -hmm. do. And, and so there's um, going to come a time when, uh, you know, when when judgment comes, as, as we learn in the book of Daniel and, and Revelation and, and other various places in Scripture that um, there's going to be a judgment one day um, and where there the, were people that have not chose to follow Jesus um, are going to be cast away and and um, so the ultimately the kingdom of God eternally um, is for the just through Jesus Christ and uh, mm -hmm. and so there will be people that will be judged that will not that will not make it into the kingdom um, simply because they have not surrendered and not chosen to do so. So, you know, there's a lot of detail. So it would do one good to to go through these parables of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and really look through them and really, really kind of get a, a draw a conclusion about the kingdom and um, and you know what what it's about and what what it's for and 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 uh, how we benefit from the kingdom and and um, so uh, it would do do good to to read through those. You know, it's interesting. I don't think I noticed this before. If you keep on going past all those, when Jesus asks them if they understood these parables, and they all said yes, he challenges them. And he says, every teacher, this is the New Living Translation because I find it easier to understand. Um, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. And I think that he's telling us that we need to share those with everybody, mm -hmm. what we're learning. Now that you've learned these parables, what they mean about the kingdom of God, you need to go share this with other people. And we're all challenged to do that mm -hmm. then as disciples. Sure. So, um, so the kingdom of God, uh, you know, uh, I think it was neat that, that Jesus took plenty of time to explain this to us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think throughout the Old Testament, he had um, tried many, many times to to bring the people under his rule um, or at least to invite them under his rule and uh, with his commandments and his laws and so on and uh, 
you know, they didn't always do that. And he spoke through his prophets, trying to convince them once again um, that that they need to be under his rule and his reign. And and so they didn't do so good at it. And um, he sent us Jesus, and uh, Jesus walked the earth and and taught and, and um, healed and, and showed signs that he was the Son of God and so on, uh, all for the sake of people um, trying to understand. And I think this is what God's been trying to do all along is get people into his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but people have created their own kingdom and uh, have found it very difficult to uh, surrender their own kingdom and walk into his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they might do it for a little while or whatever, um, but ultimately they live in their own. And and uh, so that's when, when Jesus came, that's what he did. You know, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. It's right here is what he was saying. And uh, uh, so he's still trying to do that same thing. He's still trying to people get people into his kingdom. Not that he just wants to rule over everybody and, and have dominion over everybody. And, you know, that's, I think, what some people might think. But the whole idea is that he wants to spend eternity with us. He wants to share it with us um, and not just dominate us. That's not what he's after. Um, his laws and his precepts and his rules, if you will, are all for the sake of protecting and preserving us, um, not... Uh, throwing lightning bolts around at us Um, and that's kind of what the kingdom's about when he invites us into the kingdom he's saying come into my protection come into my provision come into my blessing come into my love and my relationship and uh, if we look at it that way it's a completely different thing uh, than God's going to rule over us and God's Mm going to you know dominate us and do this and do that you know and 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 that's that's not what it's like uh, yes, there's a correction. That yes, there's um, chastisement and things when we, you know, don't not doing things like we should. Uh, but that once again is for our good. Um, he doesn't get joy out of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's all for it's all for us, and it's all for uh, us to be with him. And so I think when we when we really try to look at it in those terms, we see a compassionate God. We see a God of mercy and love who has done everything given us all kinds of opportunities to really live um live under his rule and under his love and uh, um, if we would just take time and and really think about it and uh just let him explain show us what that's about um so that we might surrender to that mm-hmm. so uh we've reached the end of this podcast uh, this part two of the kingdom and um, we're having a lot of fun with this. And uh, so uh, we ask, invite you to join us in part three of this podcast, The Kingdom. And uh, well, we're going to get into a little bit more detail um, uh, about the kingdom of God. So thank you for joining us. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Real People, Real God podcast. Your hosts were Pastor Chris Shepherdson, Pastor Darla Lee, and Pastor Tim Howard. Intro music was Wishful Thinking by Dan Lebowitz. Outro music was On the Windy Road by Dan Lebowitz. This podcast was produced in Martinsburg, West Virginia by Tim Howard. Thank you for joining us.